Welcome to the show and make sure that you subscribe, like, follow, do all those great things to help support the show. Uh, my guest today, Al Jackson, is a very smart guy, went to Brown University, was once pre-med, and then he went from teaching middle school to touring with some of the biggest comedians around, including Andrew Dice Clay, Hannibal Burris, Dave Attell, Jim Norton, uh, Steve-O from Jackass, the list goes on and on. And of course, he's still doing stand-up and he's got some really good, funny bits online. If you check it out, just put it into YouTube or, or Google, you'll see some great stuff. And you can also see him on DBL, uh, Daily Blast Live. Some really interesting debates and discussions on that show. And uh, I had this whole interview planned, uh, but we kind of got off topic and I just went with it because the conversation was so fascinating to me and we, we jumped from topic to topic, but it was very natural and I really enjoyed his opinions and his perspective on things. Uh, he's definitely not just parroting other people. You can tell he actually has his own thoughts and his own opinions that are not just uh, from some cookie cutter thought process. It's He's actually thinking this stuff out. And uh, I think the conversation seems really real because it is. And I really enjoyed this interview. And I think you will too. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are in the comments on YouTube or social media. Uh, thanks guys. And thank you to Al for taking the time to do my show. There you go. Welcome, Al, Al Jackson, to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. I'm so uh, thrilled that you just said yes to doing the show. The, this is the, it's it's an honor, and we were talking kind of. I don't know how much is on uh, that we recorded, but just honestly, I really respect the guests that you have on. It's like there's certain people that uh, just kind of think their way through life and have these adventures and pull back and analyze them. And then discuss them and take that knowledge and move forward. It's a slower way to move along with life, but it it allows you to kind of examine things in real time. So, like we were talking a lot of, uh, about a lot of the guests that you've had, and I, and I feel the same way about them. So, hopefully, I'll be one of. Them. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you're. I'm a huge fan. I went down the uh, do, what would I call it? like the Al Jackson rabbit hole. Yeah. I <laughs> I found a clip of you. Uh, it was the uh, uh, the Viagra clip, the stand up. Uh. Yeah, it has like a million views or something. It was through because it was through Comedy Central. Yeah, and so I, that randomly came up, and I and I clicked it, and I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant! And then I just started finding more clips, and there's good stand up, and there's also clips of you on Daily Blast Live saying funny yeah. shit. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I just that's why I'm that's why I'm dressed like a uh, a hip hop tax attorney. <laughs> I, I just got uh, I just got off set. <laughs> Uh, uh, did you know you can write off twerking? <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask you if you like wearing a suit. Cause that would be the, like, I think your job is so cool on daily boss live, but that's the one thing that I would be like, I don't really like wearing suits and ties. Uh. You know what? That's so interesting that you say that because you know, my father was an attorney. And so I grew up looking at my dad wearing a suit every day. And then when I became a comic, uh, you know, I was like, t-shirt and jeans and, and whatever and i was like oh that's kind of you know i have such a different job than my dad that we wear totally different things and then i got this job and i immediately kind of like putting on a suit and tie mm. and then taking it off and then going to do stand-up it kind of in a weird way put puts me in a in a different mindset mm. because i have tried to do stand-up in a suit and i'm like i hate myself <laughs> And everybody should leave because no one should be doing stand up dressed like this. I feel like it's but, very know, 80s to do stand up in a suit. It right? is. And even though, like, I tried to have, I tried it one time because I was like, maybe, you know, oh, you know, you get sucked into like your brand. People should recognize you when you're in a suit. They know what you, but it's like, man, dude, if people don't know, 
that it's me because I have a yeah. t-shirt on. They're not a fan. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. So like, you know, I, it just feels stiff. And with the material that I like to have and like the relaxed nature, I don't want to be dressed like I feel like when I'm wearing a suit, I'm dressed like the guy that like immediately hits on your wife when you go to the bathroom. You know, like we're having a good dinner. And then as soon as you get up, it's like, is this serious? Like, I don't, it's just like a slimy feeling with it, like being on in a suit at night. I don't at like a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But during the day, it makes sense. And then does it help you switch your brain? Because, and I know you were a teacher too. So the, the, you've got to like switch that off where you can't curse. I don't think you curse a lot in your act anyways, but. Yeah, uh, I talk about adult things. It, it, it's a weird thing with, with with teaching and with doing a daytime talk show. It's almost the same thing. And I almost equate it to being at your grandmother's house, which is a weird thing. Mm. And what I mean by that is everybody goes, how do you not curse? And it's like, yeah. well, how do you not curse when you're at the Thanksgiving dinner table? Like your brain just knows, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't walk in there like, don't say fuck in front of auntie. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. you just don't do it. And it's a weird thing. I've gotten close. Sometimes things or something will almost slip out. But for the most part, it, it you're, I'm in a different space and I'm trying to articulate myself in a way where I never want to give somebody that d- disagrees with my point of view a reason to disregard what I'm saying. You can disagree with it, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when you curse, they're like, oh, he's just using foul language. So they can automatically mm-hmm. not listen to what you're saying and you give them an out to not have to deal with the argument that you're presenting to them. So I want to be like, look, Chuck, you might disagree, but here's my logic. But if I go, here's my MF and lot, and now you like, you can go, well, if you're going to talk like that, we don't want, now you don't have to discuss what I presented to you. Hmm. So I'm not going to give you that out as a viewer or as a listener. I want to engage you and I don't want to give you a reason to check out and language hmm. for a lot of people is a reason for that. So Interesting. I at least want you to hear me. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's a good point. I never think about that, about that for myself because I don't, if people curse a lot, I mean, I guess it. You start to notice it if it's like every other word, but I think right. for me, I'm just kind of like, I kind of just rolls right off my, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess they did say fuck or shit or whatever. Like, but yeah, unless it's every other word, it doesn't affect, but you're right. There's some people that even if you use one curse word, you've lost all credibility. Right. Yeah. And it's different. Like uh, if you and I are talking somebody's shit or whatever, I wouldn't even notice. But when you know that you're talking to a television audience, podcast audience that especially probably a podcast audience that isn't clicking onto your podcast because they like you. They're hearing an issue that they always already feel probably very partisan about. So no matter who you are, they're going to look at you as the opposition. So like, I look at that when I'm presenting my argument that half the people, if I'm pro-choice, half the people are pro-life. So I, I have to understand that going in and I have to be respectful of that, but I wanted to lay out my logic for why I feel the way I do. And I just want you to hear me. I don't expect to change your mind. I'm not going to berate you. I'm not going to call you this. I'm just going to be like, I think most comics are just like, here's my logic. Show me where I'm wrong. And when the audience kind of can't, that's when there's a laugh because comics kind of present things in a way that they're like, well, he's not lying, you know? So that's kind of always where I want to come from. I know I'm not going to change your mind. I just want to make you laugh and think about it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Do they like when you guys, uh, argue on daily blast live do they try do the producers try to get topics and things that i mean because even the 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 setup of the the different hosts i think some of your your hosts are have different beliefs and backgrounds than you right and that's on purpose yeah well kind of sort of i mean i'm assuming when you cast uh any kind of talk show you want to have different 
differing opinions, but we've had uh, the the hosts that you've probably seen are 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 probably the originals. We've had three hosts come and go, hmm. um, but you know, there's there's such a difference in opinion in opinion in terms of where the hosts are coming from because, like, I'm a comic. I've been on the road for 15 years. I'm probably more liberal in a lot of the things that, um, you know, that, that, that I, you know, think are okay. But at the same time, I'm also a father. And so I have, you know, I have a daughter that's not 14 and the, the things that the, the trends on TikTok that are out are affecting her in real time. And so I have a different perspective. My And so you look and you see me and like my other coach, Jeff, who's a straight white guy, and you think, well, uh, you know, he must toxic this. And Jeff is like a not super religious, but very he keeps his religion close to his vest. But he's a very devout guy. Good, like father guy, like always has been. Never was a player. He looks like a model. He just does, he doesn't. Care. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good looking dude. He never he never chased women or did anything. He just he he lives his life with a code. Huh. And um, so a lot of the things that. We'll look at where, uh, you know, a lot of conservatives would be like, oh, I like Jeff. I like Jeff. He's like a real conservative. He, it's not conservative mixed with like a little bit of misogyny or racism. It's just like he's like, no, I don't like where this is going. And mm-hmm. there used to be conservatives that were like, I, I don't care if, you know, gay people are getting married, but I don't want us to be talking about sex in my kid's school or condoms. Be, that's a conversation to be had Mm -hmm. but like you know it's started to drift into like kind of other places so like yes to get back to what you're saying we do try and make it as diverse as possible but full disclosure it's hard to get let me make sure i'm saying this right it's hard to find like a legitimate conservative voice that's coherent all the time and uh it it for somebody like me that loves to debate it's frustrating but we've tried many and there's just things that are being said that are not true and it's being said on live television hmm. and you can't have that um so jeff is not he is conservative then or he, what do you mean like a true conservative uh, he jeff is yeah i, I guess he, Yes, I guess. Is he more moderate? He's more moderate. Moderate. Yeah. It's like you. I'm trying to think in real time. Maybe, Chuck, we need to redefine what a conservative is, because, well, there's is a conservative like William Barr or Michael Flynn or is a conservative a guy that goes home to his wife and kids and like doesn't doesn't care if gay people get married and like he he doesn't care about the traditional. That's more like libertarian conservative values. Yeah. So I think that you're talking more like libertarian, like um, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. I guess see, Republican used to be fiscally. I feel like neither party is fiscally conservative anymore. That's like, there's just, you notice people don't even talk about that anymore. <laughs> They're like the budget. People are like, shut up. Okay. Yeah. Just throw it on the credit card. We'll, we'll, we'll worry about that later. That's the next generation's problem. Yeah. Yeah. We're done with that. Yeah. I don't. Uh, what would you. I, the, because he's not, I wouldn't say Jeff is liberal. I, I, I guess maybe I'm liberal in, but I think, I think you're both kind of liberal, moderate. He might be a moderate conservative and you're a moderate Democrat from, from what I've seen of the show, which 
I haven't I haven't I would, watched I would a lot. Definitely. I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, there's very few things that we disagree on, but I think that's how most human beings interact. If you and I yeah. wrote down a thousand things, we might disagree on 17. Like it's like that's how human beings were like, right. hey, make some money, find somebody you love and get a house. Like after that, I don't care, you know, but there's all these other things that are constantly pushed into our lives. And if you don't stop yourself, you'll you'll forget that this doesn't matter. <laughs> For the most part, it doesn't matter. It's the it's the, the the little moments in life and the friends that you make and the connections you make that like are everything. And I'm like, I refuse, like I have somebody for the most part handling some of my social media because I don't, I don't want something I read on social media to affect how I come at a joke or come at a topic. I want my thoughts to be pure. I want to have read it myself, uh, you know, and, and had some time, but I don't want just somebody to type, you did Chuck's podcast. Did you know he said this in 2008? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like, I, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, like if you go down that road with every, you doing research for a guest is one thing. Yeah. But when you take in every bit of information that is being hurled at you from every human being that you've ever met every second of the day, which is what Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok is, it's me showing you a picture of my kid, your mom posting a recipe, uh, you know, your next podcast host saying that they might have to cancel, you know, a picture of your uncle catching a fish. All these things are now in your head. Mm. And as somebody that is has the gift that you do to to listen, to process and and create another follow up question and go forward. Can you afford to have all that in your head at all times? That's what scares me. It's like maybe you maybe we weren't supposed to have the weight of everybody's world, good and bad. Hmm. Oh, my dad got back from Iraq. Great. My mom died of COVID. Oh no. My brother is gay. We're hey, yay. <laughs> like all these things. That's a like, good point. It's so much shit, dude. You're right. Oh, and then Trump said this, and the Browns quarterback is hurt. And ours is now the time to buy a home. Son, I can't. I need to be in my office yeah. thinking about shit. And then I'll leave my office and talk to people about what I'm thinking about. But I cannot be thinking about this and everything else y'all been thinking about, you know? Well, there definitely needs to be limits. I would agree. With, if you're on social media, I'm a problem on it way too much. I need to cut back. But but even if when I cut back, I feel like I still and even if I try to cut back on the news, I feel like my thing is like people will send me articles from yeah. the right and left. I'll get I'll get articles. Check out this article. Check out. And I'm just like. Unless I block my friends, I don't know how to avoid all this information. It's like so much information, especially during COVID. It was just like, I mean, I was getting it from both sides and I was like, oh my God, I'm just so sick of all this. How do you avoid that? How did COVID go for you? I'm curious. I'm just like asking people, like, how did it, where, where were you mentally before, during, and like, where are you now? Yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. Uh, For me, I was, uh, it was, I hate to say this cause I, I know it's been really horrible for a lot of people. For me, like all the lockdown and stuff at the beginning was like, I mean, it was like really nice. Cause I was just able to focus on podcasting and guess what? When comedians and musicians can't go on tour, they're available for podcasts. So, I mean, <laughs> I hate to say that cause I know that it was devastating for millions of Americans and people worldwide. But for me, like, especially the beginning, it was, it was kind of nice. I mean, eventually, yeah. Then I got sick of not being able to go anywhere and all that. And then just all the the news and stuff that was like mentally taxing for, mm. for me just to, to hear all the information. And it felt like the information kept changing. It would say, do this, do that, do, don't do this, don't do that. And, it, and, and I f- feel like we're still kind of confused 
a little bit. There's people saying, do this, don't do that. And so yeah. I don't know. I got vaccinated and I was just like, I hope it doesn't kill me later. But uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, Nobody I, knows I, the long-term effects of the vaccine. So you don't, but also no one knows the long-term effects of monster energy drinks. <laughs> you know, every time I walk, drive past a Seven Eleven in any city I'm performing, I see a 20 year old out there with two tall boys of monster energy drinks. And I'm like, like no one knows what's in a, McDonald's bun. It's not just bread. No, no all the, a lot of that shit causes anything. cancer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Probably bad. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's, maybe <laughs> I, I should care more, but I'm just like, I can't. I, I, it's not that I don't care. It's that I can't care because I don't have enough information. I just know that, you, you know. Oh, yeah. Here's my, yeah, here's my I'm thing like, is like, trust your doctor. My doctor said, yeah. get the vaccine. I'm like, all right, well, you're a doctor. You went to medical school. Medical school. Hey, you used to be pre-med. So yeah. you might you might have a little more information than the average person, right? All, all my friends are doctors. All my ex-girlfriends oh, really? are doctors. We have a doctor on our show. Yes. All my friends, they were like, yes, dude. They that's how they were, they were like, yes, all of them. Like not one of and uh I went uh I did an exchange program, so I went to to Brown for my last two years. So all my friends are mostly Ivy League educated doctors and to a person, to a man or a woman, they were all just like, Yeah. So that would that was kind of very reassuring. And it also like you forget we we don't know everything, but we do know more now than we did nine months ago. Like I didn't even know, like you know, could I go outside and get the mail? Because would it be floating in the air? Like I didn't know. You no, know? I remember going to get the mail and wearing gloves because I was so yes. scared. I didn't know. Yes, and you didn't. There was no cure, so if you got it, everybody's yeah. like, "All right, bro." You know, like no one knew. So it's a uh, it's 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 scary, but it's we're in a much better place, and I do think that we do need to at least acknowledge that for as much as a cluster F as it has been, we turned around and got a vaccine together pretty quickly. That's that yeah. Was, that's super amazing. It was amazing. And it was because obviously we had um, had other, uh, we had, what was it? The H1N1, which is very similar. So we've been doing mm. research on that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I got so deep into, reading about like how the pandemic came to be and like how capitalism played a part in that. And like the fact that we didn't have any masks at, at first is because like, it's not um, lucrative for a biomedical company to keep masks. They don't, mm. you know, they're just sitting in a warehouse. Yeah. If there's no pandemic, you have to keep them clean. You have to recycle them if they go bad. And there's no, there, there's money in coming up with, you know, some, something for uh, arthritis or, HPV or something. There's like that's whatever people have. Yeah. But masks, there's no financial incentive to have them. So we didn't have any. That's crazy to th yeah. Have you seen that show Dope Sick yet? Have you watched that? No. Oh, did I watch I mean, nope. I think I've definitely seen is it like uh, with Michael like Keaton and it's about the opioid crisis and how they pushed uh oxycotton on everything? No, uh, are you talking about um the greatest crime ever, uh, crime of the century. Oh, that's, that's another one. I think, is that more like a document? This is like a that's drama. A, that's a documentary. I think yeah. dope sick is an actual movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's the same kind of thing. It was all, it's all about the pharmaceutical company. They're really pushing the Oxycontin and it's really scary. Like, I mean, cause I just had this guy on a couple weeks ago who, who goes around and he talks to like, homeless kids in Phoenix and they're all addicted to fentanyl and they're mm -hmm. smoking it and stuff. And it's like oh a lot God. of it started with the pharmaceutical companies pushing this oxycontin stuff which is like super addicting and they're like oh it's uh, only one percent get addicted well that was total bs and 
So yeah, you had an interesting point the other day about uh, yesterday. I think you're talking about uh, wokeness and how that's a financial uh, motive. Sometimes like how they change Superman. What was it? They change it from the American way. They took that oh, part out. Truth, so, justice in the American way. So they took yeah, that out they, so they, that he, and you thought it was because so they could go worldwide and make more money. Well, that that's what it is. It's so interesting when we talk about the idea of being woke, it, it went from something where it just meant that you ha- have a greater palette to kind of pull from in terms of like looking at uh, understanding what you're looking at to now it's kind of seen as like overanalyzing and being too hyper sensitive to things. But and you'll see it a lot of times when companies change their branding. We saw this with like uh, Mr. Potato Head, yeah. and, you know, and like uh, Pepe Le Pew and Cinderella, you know, and they were like, uh, you know, you, you uh, liberals are ruining Cinderella. I'm like, no, she like it, Cinderella's gross. Like some dude found her shoe and now she's got to marry him. Like <laughs> kind of weird. Wait, what like, did they? Ch- like, I didn't hear about the Cinderella one. Yeah, because they Disney were saying that they're not they're not going to be pushing that as much as they're going to be pushing the newer uh, cartoons because a lot of the younger the ones for the younger women like Snow White is considered. Have you ever thought about like Snow White? Like she's asleep around like seven dudes and they're like <laughs> standing over her. It's super creepy, bro. It's like you really look at the and, and it's like one gets to kiss. Like what? You know, there's they're weird. And so they're changing that. And because of that, I think a lot of people that are my generation, but definitely a generation or two older than me are looking at it. First of all, they're feeling hurt because they feel like they're what they cherish is being canceled, which in a way it is. But they're saying, oh, you're too woke. You're too woke. But I think what these companies are doing is saying, hey, instead of just marketing to this small audience, how about we open this up? America is what four percent of the world's population. Everybody likes Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take America off of this, make it make it liberty or whatever the hell other benign word, and sell to <laughs> everybody. And the example I use is like if I I've sold T-shirts after comedy shows before. It's a pain in the ass, but I, I have, feel sorry for you guys when you do that. Oh God, I hate it. I just it's not worth it. I hate it. But you know, if I sold a T-shirt that said, "Hey," Hey, hey, fellas, it's time to drink some beer. That's that's what the brilliant T-shirt said. If if somebody goes, hey, women drink beer, too, dummy. Yeah. And I go, OK. And I change it to, uh, hey, y'all, time to drink some beer. Am I being woke or am I being a capitalist? Why right. wouldn't I open up my T-shirt to 51 percent more of the market? Like, but we we look at it as woke and it's like, oh, you just hate men. It's like, no, I love money. I mean, <laughs> So that could be, and then it makes sense because all these big giant corporations are are doing a lot of this stuff. Like the NFL was, was doing, you know, they had the whole like women and all this women for breast. And I'm like, why is the NFL pushing breast cancer? I think it was to get, and they had the pink, remember? They don't mm-hmm. do it as much anymore, but I think that was to get women. And then they, they push a, a whole women's line of, of NFL as, yeah, is that wokeness? Or are they just trying to make more money because they include women in the NFL? That's a lot more money. And, and look, they're not just like, you know, the NFL is not some old granddad in a dark room drinking whiskey and hoping this is they have facts. They've looked at this. They know that when they look at their demographic, you look at like the typical Cowboys family, you know, dad's barbecuing. Mom's got her jersey on. Kids got their jersey on every like it's a Cowboys family. And so you want to get that nine-year-old girl that's a Cowboys fan and possibly get her money and her future family's money. 
for the rest of their life. Like it's it's not just about that anymore. It's about money. And like we keep looking at these companies and we look at Gillette. Remember how much air quotes, you know, trouble they got into for the toxic masculinity um, campaign that they had. Uh, but, it, you know, Gillette isn't worried about getting my money anymore. My father got rest his all his money. They got our money. They're going after the kids that are 13 now mm. that are going to be using their product for the next 50 years. And those kids are learning that the behavior that my dad's generation and definitely mine as well got away with frat boy, terrible stuff. That's over. Guys are not going to live like that anymore. And women are not going to take it anymore. And so they're getting ahead of it. And like you're seeing these companies do that or you risk becoming Victoria's Secret, who refuse to adapt to women's bodies, refuse to make uh, nude bras that were anything but cream. And what happens? No one comes for you. You don't get sued. A company like Fenty comes. Uh, the, Rihanna's co- company comes. She makes lipstick and, and bras for brown women, for heavyset women, for white women with big butts. And Victoria's Secret is bankrupt. And now they're trying to get a trans model to be there. It's too late. Mm. Y'all had, you had your chance five, 10 years ago. I'm sure somebody came in the boardroom and it's like, hey, we need to start marketing. This is what the average American female looked like. And those people were probably walked out by security. (laughs) And because of Mm. that, Victoria's Secret, either you adapt or you go under. This is very simple. And it has nothing to do with being woke. Right. Well, it isn't some of that too, to get press. Like if they do some of these, if Victoria's Secret has a trans model, that's going to make some headlines. And then people are going to start talking about it. Whether they agree, disagree, it's going to get headlines. Right, right. And I just think they went and got a trans model. I think they got Megan Rapinoe, uh, the, 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 the soccer star, football star, however you want to say it, uh, from our women's team, uh, gold, gold medal team. But I think it was too late, bro. I think you should have done that five, eight years ago. And that's why you have a company like that. And that's why it leading into another buzzword that's considered like a bad word, but like why it's so important, you know, representation and inclusivity. Everybody thinks it's like, okay, we got to hire a black dude. Fine. It's not that you want to have young people, gay people, people of color, people where English isn't their first language people who have, you know, lived remotely and, and never go to the city, people that live in the city and never, you need different people. So when they look at ads, they're like, this is how this hits me. This is how my friends see that, that her cooking, my mom would never cook like that. Or see how he, uh, that you let that, uh, the husband get away with that comment in this commercial. Uh, women aren't going to like that because our men do that. That's gaslighting. And, you know, a guy my age or 25 years older would be like, what the hell is gaslighting? But you need to have young people there to let people know the direction of your product. And when you don't, you turn into uh, a dinosaur like Victoria's Secret or all these other companies that Blockbuster went out of business because they didn't think people were going to want to stream videos. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Because they're boomers and they only know one thing. And that's why I'm a boomer soon. There's there's no, nothing to, no shame, but you need to have young people people with a different perspective be like, Hey, how great would it have been if one person be like, Hey, CEO, I'm just an intern here, but me and my friends are already having DVD sent to my house. We don't want to go to blockbuster. And then he'd be like, is this true? Yeah, we all do that. 
it would we we'd be living in a different reality mm-hmm. than Netflix. How interesting would that be? Yeah, didn't they laugh Netflix out of the uh, the Netflix offered to what they they offer like to sell to for like a million dollars to Blockbuster yeah. and they laughed them out of the room. It's boom because Crazy. people people that have been successful often become a prisoner of that. And they're just like, hey, let me tell you something, Chuck. Uh I have 17 yachts and I have 15 businesses because I know what people like and people like VHS tapes. Okay. You know, they they don't want to take in new information and it's hard because if you've made all this money, why would you want to then do in your head a 180? So I get it, but that's why you need somebody else on your team to see what you can. So how are you doing that with your own? Are you, uh, you said you have someone running your social media now, or are they posting clips and stuff? Cause you, you have so many good clips. I heard you oh, say something that somebody else like took one of a, a clip of you and it got like 24 million views or something. And, and it wasn't, it was like, they took the clip of you and they didn't even tag you in it. No, they didn't. I want to find that person and ah, let's do that. <laughs> That's a story for off air, son. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of anger, but yeah. You Cause you should be creating those clips or have somebody doing it for you on your account. Cause that, that's, those would still go viral, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, it's one of those things where, um, you, you know, I, when that clip, when I, I've had a couple things go viral, uh, the first couple ones that did, I didn't even really know. I was still like a comic masquerading as a talk show host. You know, because I hadn't completely bought in because we were year one or two. And I was like, I don't know if the show's going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've am i been doing stand-up for 14 years. So I'm like, I'm almost like, uh, you know, got one foot out the door, you know, like mm. a shitty step parent. So like, I was just like, I might need to leave. But like, so, but then after I embraced, like, this is my job. And let me start taking it seriously. Like I started like looking and being like, oh, I need to learn how to cut my own clips. I just can't say, can somebody do this for me? So I taught myself how to edit, mm. taught myself how to use all these gadgets over COVID, uh, you know, and just kind of started to take ownership of my my voice. As corny as that sounds, it sounds like I should have a bullhorn in front of City Hall saying that. But, you know, I do feel like I'm starting to learn that, like, I can kind of navigate and control my own career's destiny which is strange because guys my age, we were kind of reliant on the networks making us, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I got to get the tonight show. And then yeah. from there I'll get a half hour special and then comedy central, give me my own show. And then from there I'll do, you know, but it was never the idea of just like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'll start with zero followers. And in five years I'll have 230,000 subscribers. And then from there I'll start negotiating. And like that, people my age weren't didn't look at show business like that. I just looked at it as like, I hope somebody can change my life tonight. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that was my plan. Yeah. You're right. Cause the tonight show that used to be the big thing. Now it's like podcasts. Like if you go on, uh, probably not mine, but like a, a bigger podcast, like that can really give you a huge, put you in front of a lot of yours 10 times. That'll be it. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll rather yeah. talk to you. All right. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I was surprised you hadn't done more podcast. I had to kind of search for interviews and find I'm surprised you hadn't done more. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I don't know. People stop hitting me. I think, you know, because I'm in Denver. Once you're off the L.A. New York grid. Oh, uh, but you're still on. Is that that shows on uh, nationwide? Right. Or no, it's in Phoenix nationwide. Yeah. So it's honestly, I I don't mind. I I like talking to people that I like talking to. So, like, I'd rather just find like somebody like you and talk to you like 
three, four times, uh, you know, every couple of months. Cause I, 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 I really value people that I, I think are trying to have an honest discussion. I think that that's being lost. I think it's easier to try and corner somebody or find something weird or wrong with something that somebody said. But I think the more interesting thing is like looking at people's perspective and how they approach an argument. Cause I feel like when I'm bantering back and forth with my co-host, I don't necessarily care what we're talking about. I feel like you're giving me the gift of showing me how your mind works. And that's what I'm interested in. The topic about whether TikTok should blur out men's nipples, <laughs> you know, I don't care. But I do yeah. care about like, what are we really talking about? That's oh, what I know. I'm going to get to that little part under there. That is true. Yeah, I, I, I like that show. That's what I like about your show, because like, you, you get both sides of different perspectives. Like yesterday, you guys talking about the, the Hooters shorts or whatever and how they... And like, it was interesting to hear both sides. And I didn't even know where I stood on that. Cause I, I mean, I don't have a daughter, but if I did, I don't know if I'd want her to wear the thong shorts as a waitress at Hooters. And so there's all that kind of, there's different sides to all those opinions. It's interesting yeah, stuff. It, it changes, bro. Cause like I have a daughter now that's 14 and she's very developed. Let's just keep it 100. And like, I, I stopped drinking, but I would have to start again. If I knew that she was working at Hooters and disgusting <laughs> men were saying disgusting things to her. I would yeah. literally have to just that there would something bad would have to happen. So like, I don't, but at the same time, if she works at Hooters, I have to respect that decision. I have to support her. I have to say, I'd love the fact that you're taking uh, ownership of your body. And if you want to go there, who cares what you're wearing? As long as you, you complete your tasks with dignity and you respect people, that's cool. But then at the same time, if she goes that, can you believe they're making me wear this? Don't I have to say, I can believe they're making you wear that. That's Hooters. That's what Hooters does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's all these layers and yeah. no one's right and no one's wrong. It's what human life is, is these kind of beiges and grays. And like, you don't really, you can't just, there's nothing really solid, but it's interesting to talk about. Absolutely. I'm surprised Hooters is still around. Cause it seems like there's all those other places that are like Hooters, but like they do their way more provocative. And so I think there'd be right. more, like twin, do they have twin peaks in Denver. Yeah, uh, I think I know they have. Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah. Um, they have those here, and those are way more popular. They have way more like TVs, better food, and then yeah, yeah, the uniforms are different. Well, you know, that's a whole business model. They're called restaurants. Restaurants, yeah, yeah. But there was because then there was that. There was the tilted kilt, mm -hmm. and I don't think those are around. Yeah, anymore, I think those though. went belly up or something. I know what happened. Tilted there. kilt because they're. It's interesting you brought up Twin Peaks because Twin Peaks did something that I think is smart because tilted kilt, they went, it, it was so provocative that like, when they came to your table, you were like, Whoa, you know, like <laughs> it was and dudes were like, yo, like, ugh. like you're bringing my food dog. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like all skin. <laughs> it's gotta be like, like a health code violation or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a lot. I remember the reason the first time I ever knew what even a tilted kilt was, I was a writer for Shaquille O'Neal on his show. He had a show on, um, but not TBS. What's the True TV? Uh, yeah, the, I was going to ask you about that. The Upload show. Upload, yeah, I wrote on that show, and uh, so we did. Uh, we would write one week in LA, one week in Orlando, where Shaq lived, and we'd shoot the um, shoot the uh, the sketches at Shaq's house. That's how big his house is. We could shoot sketches there and not repeat the background. So do that, man. You got to hang out at Shaq's house. Yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah. 
Shaq is awesome, by the way. He's yeah, that's what I heard you say. That he's like super nice and dude, he's so. And I was, I'm such a hoops fan that I was like so scared he's gonna be a douche, you know. And he's yeah. just like, just like you think, just like he is. So, yeah. But anyway, so we were, um, we went to a Tilted Kill because you know we're in Orlando. It's nothing but chain restaurants, and <laughs> it that's all that it there that is. Sucks. And it like this. First of all, she was like 19 and she came over, and it was just every. And there is a point. I don't care what any dude says. Where you switch over from being like a, a like a, a woman chasing dude to just like you still can appreciate and want as many women as you could possibly get, but like you start looking, you're like, she's my niece's age, you know? No, no, I totally. It's I remember like even thinking that. Thing where you're like, oh no. Well, yeah, especially I remember like the first time I went to Hooters, I was like, well, this is cool. Look at the girls, but then you see like the old like white guys with gray hair, just like. Like staring at them, and you're, and then you like you, it feels it's like a weird. You're like, oh, this this is kind of weird. Like there's like, this young girl and this like creepy old guy just like staring at her, and you're just it's a little it's a weird vibe for sure. It's, it, and it's like you know I I said this straight my hand to God before we did the Hooters story yesterday. I asked my executive producer, I was like, am I allowed to call Hooters a junior strip club? <laughs> and he said, he said yes. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, okay, minus the there is nude. That's why I call it junior. But there is a coercive nature to Hooters. The women that work there know that they're going to get paid more money because they're less scantily clad or more scantily clad, however you right. say that. And they're men that, like most men, older men, like young attractive women know that young, attractive women want nothing to do with them. <laughs> but if they go into this building and they'll pay a few more bucks for some wings, a few more bucks for some beers, these women are kind of contractually obligated to at least entertain their banter. That's the deal. Right. You and like they know not, that that's what it is. Yeah. And they're flirting. And the more they flirt and the scanty, more scantily clad, the better tips they're going to get. So, Right. And it, it, it look, man, Hooters been around, what, 40 some years, 80s? You yeah, know, it's been around so, for a while. I remember it was big in the 80s. People would have those shirts. And I, I don't know. I guess they were okay to wear at school because I remember kids wearing them and being like, whoa, yeah. Hooters, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, but yeah, the Twin Peaks, they they went in sexy. It's like a Hooters 2.0, but they didn't go for what the other, the, the, the Tilted the Kill, tilted which is kill, like yeah. almost naked. Right. Twin Peaks just went in kind of like a sexy rancher's daughter. <laughs> you know like. yeah well and i don't know about the ones in uh that you went to but the one they have here they just opened a new one and it's like i mean it's pretty amazing with the tvs they have just a wall of tvs and you're just like oh this is great for like sunday ticket it's amazing it's a great experience and yeah. it's like you know for football uh you know especially college football depending on the city mm. that you're in like that's a people look forward to going there you kind of it's kind of communal you know there's also a lot of it's not just creepy dudes in there because when you do kind of brighten it up so it's not as dark and dingy, big TVs, good food, women like college football too. They'll go out with their yeah. dude and they women like seeing pretty women too. Right. So what's up? And then they like to so comment like, on how like uh what's wrong with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they could just they could just yeah, you, you know, get that out and then you can show your girl like, yeah, she is that woman is disgusting. You're right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't I can't. <laughs> Tell me when she's coming so I can close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Gross 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah it's, that's true. Everybody, like, I think, but that leads into that other conversation, which we'll probably have to have at another time, but just 
I just wish somebody would have told me at a younger age to really explore like my partner, my girl as a person, rather than early on looking at every woman that I dated as like something I needed to get around to do what I, what I really wanted to do, you know, like, I just gotta, I'll tell her I'm sick and then go to this party. It's like, no, I should have like found a girl that I like to go to parties with. There you go. Yeah, exactly. It it seems so simple. You're right. It's like, it's good advice. Yeah. It's, but it's just like you watch movies and, television and for some reason especially when i was coming up every woman that they cast had to be bummer chick that's like oh chuck you already went out tonight (laughs) like there's so many like fun women yeah like kick it and will bust balls and hang out with the fellas or hang out with you and yeah you know you can be friends and romantic at the same time and they get along just all things but like for me i was just like yeah my girl she wants me home by 3 a.m. I know. I'm like, I think that's pretty reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) no, that's a good point. It's like, if you guys are adults, like you don't have to be in this relationship with a woman, you know, it's like you find somebody that you actually like. I don't know why people, yeah, right. Like on TV, there's always that, the bummer chick. That's a good, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, most women aren't like that. Most women, it, well, and if it, you it, have it, someone like that, then maybe you're in a bad relationship. Maybe Just you saying. are. Find and somebody maybe. that likes to do, I mean, there's girls that like to do all sorts of weird crap, like games, like Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and all. I mean, I don't know that stuff, but there's a lot of girls who love that kind of stuff. Or they love video games. Even There's girls that love video games. Absolutely. There you go. Yes, they're called millionaires on Twitch. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I, you know, I think that, and, and hopefully this has changed, man, but the, you know, hopefully I was like the last generation of young. And I remember my father and his brothers used to give me the, this advice and it was meant to be a good thing. It was meant for me to have self-esteem, but he was like, when you get to school, you find the prettiest girl and you walk up to her and don't be scared to ask her out. But it, and I get where he's coming with that. But like, I, I tell my kids, like, instead of finding the prettiest person, find the person that smiles when you talk. I think that is just this, when somebody just naturally is smiling when you're talking to them and is receptive to you, that's better than like having to knock down somebody's iron wall of, you know, lack of feeling towards you to possibly go on a date. I don't want to have to twist anybody's arm hmm. to be with me. I want it to be natural. I want it to flow smoothly. And so like, I just tell my kids, like, just find somebody that smiles at you. It'll figure itself out. You know? Well, yeah. And, and you can't, I mean, not to say the physical attractiveness isn't important. Of course it is, but that can't be the only thing. There's got to be more things. Like you said, you got to have some things in common. If, if you like to go to parties and they like to stay home and read, that's not going to, even if they're the most beautiful person in the world, it's not going to last very long as a, as a relationship. You're going to resent each other immediately immediately and it's like i i think we do ourselves a disservice when we say well you know chuck you and i just live different lives but that doesn't mean we can't be a couple well it does because if you're at home and i'm out at a party well you're going to be up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're going to want to go to a farmer's market and i'm going <laughs> to roll out of bed at 2 30 in the afternoon and ask you why do you have an attitude it's right. going, it's two different lifestyles like you totally. do need to find somebody compatible and it's not just something that you can get past oh me and your grandmother did it that doesn't mean it was a good idea <laughs> so like let's maybe evaluate some of these things so which one are you are you the partier or are you the st- the introvert what do you like to do for fun oh the retired partier definitely retired partier was, okay oh yeah i i mean i was uh the you, see, last, yeah, you said but, you don't drink anymore is there a story there 
is there well there's a story in that i knew that it was time to be done and i knew the 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 last drink i had i knew it was that i mm. it was a very weird moment and i didn't really tell anybody at first like what it, what it started to happen was first of all i'm 44 now so this is i'm 22 months i don't even keep track of it but i just got a a thing on my phone um but i'm 22 months without drinking and, congratulations oh well thank you but honestly i appreciate that and um I'm, I'm, I've, I've helped some other people get sober because when people see you get sober they'll pull you aside like a lot of people like a lot of people uh a lot a lot more people struggled with it than you than you would think than i thought i can't tell you what you thought but no yeah before i started doing this podcast i, re- I realized that and then after i started interviewing especially the, a lot of the rock stars that's mm-hmm. like it's almost like textbook like they they go through this party phase and then like you said, they either hit in their forties or they get older or they have some sort of incident. And then it's like, yeah, party's over. And then that that's the only question is like, are you going to stop now? Or are you going to stop uh, when you've gotten your fourth DUI? Which one, right. When your kids don't talk to you anymore, you're going to stop now. And so I was just like, I think I'll do it now. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, because alcohol initially, especially for people like us, like they, there were a couple years five or six years or I was probably on the road 32 to 36 weeks a year. And that's 36 different beds uh, every night, a different group of people uh, eating bad food, uh, traveling, being uncomfortable, missing your family, missing normalcy. And I don't know how many human beings are actually wired to live like that. I think that that's why entertainment throughout the year, you watch Game of Thrones and the court jesters drinking red wine. It's so it's so overwhelming that no matter who you are, the alcohol is enough to like get you to the event. And I think w- the only difference is after the show's over, after you're done singing or boxing or rapping or whatever, you know, whatever you do, do you get drugs to keep you going up you know cocaine molly or do you become a person that keeps drinking and gets pills and heroin and barbiturates to go down Mm. sleeping pills xanax Mm. it's it's just like you think about like mariah carey eminem have issues with that because your body clock is thrown off you're not sleeping well and if you've been successful for years you haven't slept well in years you haven't eaten well in years and your body is starting to shut down and Mm. I, I just don't know how many entertainers are really equipped for full-time life on the road. Cause I've seen some really great comics that for lack of a better term, lost their mind. They're not well anymore because it's just too many drunken nights and, you know, lost on country roads and fight at a stupid bar, you know, just like this is, 15, 20 years, like how much can your psyche take? And, um, you know, we've seen it with a lot of entertainers that are just like not here anymore. Like Whitney mm. Houston, like we all just watched that and everybody's like, oh, that was weird. Uh, was it? <laughs> we watched a reality show. Like, I mean, she was yeah. clearly a person that was struggling. Anna Nicole Smith, all these people that have had been and have been on drugs forever now they're starting to pass away and everybody's kind of shaking their head. Like, it's such a shame. It's like, we've literally watched this for decades. And now, unfortunately, the, the 
the the it's coming home to roost and it's coming home faster because everything seems to have fentanyl in it. So we're just losing Ugh. just yeah, that people. shit's scary. Well, it's do you think it's terrifying. better now than with with TikTok and stuff? Because now people can have hundreds of thousands of followers and they don't even have to leave their house. They don't have to go on the road. That's it. That's the big difference. And I think, you know, that's what's going to ultimately save this next generation of of um, entertainers, because, hmm. you know, if I could just say, hey, St. Louis, I'm coming there. And before after I hit send, I've already sold 600 tickets. I can fly in on a private jet or just a regular <laughs> jet. Come in, yeah. do the show at four, be on a, a flight out at 830 and sleep in my own bed with, you know, 15,000 in my pocket. Like, I'll see, you know, because before that, like as a comic like me, I'd be like, OK, I'm going to be at the joker's wild in new haven connecticut well how many fans do i have up there maybe 11 <laughs> how many know i'm up there maybe oh, two so that means i gotta go up there and do seven shows for people that are mildly indifferent and you know try and eat enough but not blow through my money that i'm making for the weekend and like all it's like it's not as fun you're gone five six times as long and it's not as lucrative so i think that uh, now I think the, this new generation of TikTok people are like Insta famous, uh, will be good, but yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. But Chuck, let me ask you this. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is it a good thing that you did this thing to get famous on TikTok? Do you have, you're able to do like, let's say you're the, you're the, uh, balance a cup on my head and kiss my girlfriend. TikTok guy. That's your <laughs> thing. That sounds like a real thing. I don't know if you just it made that would up. Be. It's, it could be anything. Yeah. As a guy that just picks his dog up and puts it down and it's got 10 million <laughs> views. It's like, God. but what's your show? Right. No, I know. It's like that guy. That's, I don't know. That's the question. God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It's Scott something or other. And he's from New York, but he has this TikTok bit where he, he's the, t- the disgruntled Ikea employee. And it's, it's brilliant. He just has all these one liners. And then he's talking about doing shows. And I'm like, I wonder what his standup would be though. Like, because Every TikTok is just him making this uh, IKEA joke, but I don't know if you could do a whole set of that. Yeah, well, I I don't. Yeah, I I don't either. And that's the question. I are people going to drop? Because you will have diehard fans. Yeah, and I'm sure that guy does. And so they're going to drive and go see him do what? Is he going? I've seen people like influencers will pull down that uh, the kind of green screen or whatever the white screen, and they'll show their video and hmm. then stop it and then do a Q and a like right here, Chuck oh. almost, he almost fell when we were shooting this, but then you notice he got his footing and then like they do almost like a Q and a. Okay. And, and this I, is in a comedy club or. Yeah. Comedy club venue. Okay. Yeah. yeah just, it seems I mean, like it's going to go like two ways. Like you got the TikTokers doing their thing and then the real like live stand. I mean, it seems like those are two totally different worlds. I guess sometimes they can come together, but yeah, it seems it seems like it's totally a different ball game. I mean, I think there could be some that just just do TikTok. Maybe they do an occasional live show, but yeah. I think that's going to be a different world. I don't know. And also, could you take a date to a TikToker that you like? <laughs> because what are the chances that you guys overlap? It's like, oh, you like Mughead three seven two? Like, oh yeah, let's go to a sh-. like. Everybody's going to have a different thing, but I think mm. both a, a a couple could go to a stand up where neither one of you guys yeah to stand up and could enjoy yourself. So I don't know. It's 
So where are you at now? Do you, do you have the, like, if you, could you do those weekend shows? Like you could probably do like Vegas. You could fly up to Vegas for a weekend and do some shows, right? Uh, bro, my schedule is just so beautiful, man. I'm done at one o'clock every day. And I use the Denver airport, like a bus station, man. I, uh, my kids are in LA, so I go to LA every weekend, but if I'm not in LA performing, I'll, um, matter of fact, I bought two tickets to LA uh, when we were getting ready to to reboot, when we talked the first time. So I just buy tickets to L.A. all the time. But when I'm not going to L.A., I'll just jump on a flight. And I, I can be almost anywhere in the country uh, by 8 o'clock on a Friday night, um, as long as it's not too far East Coast. Okay. And, um, you know, I'll just go and do a Friday, Saturday. And I can even do a Sunday. As long as there's like a 5 a.m. out, I can be – I put my suit and tie in my car get dressed in the car in rush hour traffic on the way back to where and go straight to the set. So, uh, you know, I love, I love doing stand up. Um, and luckily this job's allowed me to do it. So it's great. Yeah. I think my girlfriend said she watches the, the your show. Like she actually works for, uh, the channel 12 affiliate here. So they, they always ha- would have it on. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. So she says that she's like, she's like, yeah, they're always saying like, Oh, Al, you're, he's always hustling. Like, so you're doing a lot, you're still doing a lot of stand up in addition to that show. Always. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm almost ready to submit for an hour. Uh, I want to submit for an hour special on Netflix, but oh, sweet, bro, I, I'm, I'm on it. You know, I have an hour on Amazon. It's on Amazon prime. And then I have the half hour special. Um, and then I have a, um, wait, what's the one on prime? Is, is there bits of, is there clips of that on YouTube? Yeah, I think so. It's called baby steps. That's uh yeah, it, I did that one. I shot that one at the Vic theater in Chicago. Which one is the one that has the, um, the one where you talk about uh, the different dudes, like there's white dudes can be all the oh, different that, kinds. That, that's the, that's the baby steps one. Yeah. Oh God. That, that was, I, we got to talk about that. Cause that, that tell me, explain this to me. Cause I thought about it. And I was like, Oh, that is weird. Why can't black people do mountain climbing or kayaking? Is it because yeah. it's like, it's like, it's racism in a way, but it's like, it's like black people against black people saying you can't, if you do that, you're white. Absolutely. You know, there, look, we are in a world of tribalism and, your tribe can also attack you as much as protect mm. you. And when you start talking about things like, and basically for anybody that doesn't know the joke, just really quickly, I say, I'm very jealous of, of white guys because they can go through all these different phases. They can be a frat guy. They can be, you know, a business guy, a mountain man, all that kind of stuff. But black people, if we even just suggest anything to our black friends and it's kind of white that's our nickname for the next 50 years this joke it's so great i'm climbing over here wants to go 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 to the bar so yeah yeah so like i i got that joke because i remember seeing uh like a young black kid with a skateboard on the corner i was in my car and i looked and i was just so jealous i was like man i wish i had been able to do that and i see this younger generation of just black kids are just free to be themselves. You oh, know? so the younger generation is more free then. Oh my God. Like rappers like Young Thug, he wears skirts. Like these rappers are very gender fluid and progressive and 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 just like, you know, like little Nas X is something old people get worried about, not people my kid's age. And, you know, I look at how free they are to truly explore like what they want to do. Like my son, who's, God, since 13, I'm trying to think, about, I'm six feet tall and he's at my nose, which I hate. So he's 5'11", 13 years old. He, that, that young brother has no interest in basketball. <laughs> Wouldn't know. He might know LeBron, but he likes, you know, he likes other stuff. He's into acting huh. and he likes making shorts and, and putting stuff on YouTube and editing. Like all these things where I just feel like 
me and my friends, it was just like, are you going to play basketball or football? Like those are your only choices as a black dude in, that grew up in the 80s, you know? And I sucked at both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about the unathletic black dude. That's real racism. The thing you can, I, I was like, Jesus, I'm slow and oh. poor lateral movement. Where, oh. where do I go? But you were smart. I mean, you we've established that you didn't really try that hard in high school, but then obviously later, you know, Brown and pre-med and all that. So, yeah, I figured it out towards the end, but I also, you know, realized like I was dealing with crippling ADD that made it so I couldn't read. So I had to just listen to everything. And like, Hmm. honestly, once I, um, I got, uh, Adderall that changed my life, uh, in terms of me being able to like complete tasks. Like I finished, uh, uh, like my kid's book. I wrote a kid's book over, um, uh, over COVID. I don't know. Yeah. It's called. Wow. Kids book. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. and you've done a lot. Where yeah, is baby called, Ford? Where, where is baby Ford? And it's a, it's a book that I wrote. Um, and basically it's, um, my, my youngest son is on the spectrum and the, the, the book is twofold in that one, the main adventure is that my kids are in this kind of Sims world is called Roblox, but people our age called we called it the Sims, like those kind of yeah ever expanding universes, you know. And um, so they're looking for my youngest son, looking for his avatar, and um, you know they, they, they when they find it, it the avatar isn't talking, and they realize that you know they think something's wrong with him, but it's just that he's gone outside. So it's that's one part hmm. that he's not playing video games, but also. In every scene that he is in, he doesn't speak because at that point in his life, he uh, he was not he was almost nonverbal. And I wanted to be true to his character and not have him speaking if he wasn't speaking. And I wanted to show people that he could have an impact on every scene, even though he wasn't speaking. And mm. so, like, it's 10 uh, percent of all the, the funds go to uh, the Firefly School for Autism here in Denver that I do a lot of charity work for. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, so I did that. And uh, I wrote a movie script and finished that. Wow. Uh, taught myself how to DJ. Uh, started. I was DJing gigs right up until the end of uh, uh, until Corona hit. But yeah, I just like all these things I was always wanted to do. Um, you know, just me finding the right kind of medication, and everything, and being able to harness like what I what gifts I've been given has been really great for me. So wow, I recommend that's... it. Mental health, everybody. Yeah, go, go talk to somebody, bro. No, that's a great thing. That's okay. So it's Ritalin that you're, it's it's like that movie uh, with uh, Bradley Cooper. What's it called? Uh, Limitless. Limitless. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something like, I mean, it's for me, it just kind of slows, slows everything down where I can not get overwhelmed in my thoughts. Um, especially like when I'm reading, cause I would just be reading something and I'd be like, what time is that interview with Chuck? <laughs> How do you, is there an H in his last name? Like, I'm just like, so I'm, whatever I'm reading, it's gone. Okay. You know, so, did you so say like, you listen though? Cause that's what I've noticed for me that if I'm listening, like on a book on tape, I can even put it up at sometimes even double speed. And then I can yeah. absorb way more. Absolutely. That's what I do. Cause I, uh, I use Skillshare cause I'm uh, starting a clothing line with a friend of mine. So I'm learning a bunch of that. Jeez, stuff. You're doing so many things. And, uh, oh gosh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm doing the boring part first, but hopefully it'll pay off. Yeah. But yeah, I, I put everything on double time and it just like, I can pick it up really quickly. Cause I don't need the And you know, it's right. just quick, 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 you know? So it sounds like we, we're probably uh, of the same, uh, literally the same mindset. Yeah, no, that definitely at least when, in that regard, for sure. 
Absolutely. Well, this has been a lot of fun. So is that, um, I always end with the charity. Is that the charity you want to promote was the, or is there another one that you want to give a shout out to here? Oh, uh, I actually just did, uh, another charity this last week, uh, from mercy housing. They give affordable housing, uh, to people, uh, I guess in this, I don't know what regions are, but the West of the Mississippi, Denver, okay. Seattle, Arizona, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they, they give a, a affordable housing, uh, to people that need it as well as like wraparound services, like, uh, you know, uh, they teach like online banking, um, you know, bankruptcy avoidance. Oh, so that's like, good stuff. People that have like literally never had a b- bank account or a place to that had a shower that they lived, you know, people that uh, are literally almost from nothing. They take them, they really build them up. And the people involved at Mercy Housing are just dedicated, wonderful people. And uh, so I just uh, emceed their their last charity event. But uh, Mercy Housing. That uh, sounds amazing. Org. That's great. They're just like such great people. And I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I was like, y- you know, you watch the news and it's terrible things happening. And you're like, how does the world just not collapse in on itself? And it hit me. I was like, the good people are just really quiet, you know? They're just people that get up and help a young mother, like, establish her life again, get away from a circumstance that's going to kill her. But they don't post it. (laughs) They don't argue about it. Mm -hmm. It just happened. And then they move on because that's how they're wired. And so for all the terrible stuff that some governor is going to say, they can't stop the fact that there's millions of us out here trying to do good and trying exactly. to get this generation uh, launched into the next generation. So absolutely. That's a great, now do they have uh, offices in Phoenix or do they work with people in Phoenix or Arizona I at all? I believe they do. Okay. I'll, I'll text and see, but I know that they're regional. So I think they're like, okay. there's a lot of them. I'm like all right. 99.999% sure there's, uh, there's, uh, maybe even the headquarters in Phoenix. Okay. I like to hear, uh-huh. learn about all these, org- I'm like connecting all the dots. Like you mentioned Nick Lowry, like uh, he's working with this uh, organization called champions for the homeless. And so I'm hooking him up with the guy that I interviewed that's working with homeless people. And I'm like, I want all these people to like, you know, all these dots to connect and let's all yeah. work together. Why let's not figure something out? Let's, yeah. uh, you know, at this point with technology and just people being able to coordinate and kind of streamline their schedule, like, we could we could do something really cool if we sat down and thought about it for a second. So yeah, I'm on board exactly. So let's, uh, let's, we don't uh, need the politicians or the yeah exactly. I agree. Okay, very cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. You'll have to come back. I had a bunch of other questions about stand up and all that. We didn't even get to it, but I just loved where the conversation went. So I don't want to stop you. Oh, uh, bro, any any time, man. Uh, I'm always here, and uh, this has just been a pleasure. I, I knew it would be. And <laughs> I saw it's just a little side so note for fun. everybody. I saw that. Uh, you text me uh, to confirm yesterday and yeah. I didn't respond for a couple hours because my youngest son, the one on the spectrum, just like he just goes through my phone, takes notifications off, changes it to some weird German font. It's just like he does, does all these hilarious things. So like I didn't realize that you would text me and I was like, oh, God, he's going to think I'm a flake. So no, that was a funny thing. Man. That was so like flattering that you like you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I didn't respond. I was like. It's only been a couple hours. Like, I mean, I have people that either don't respond at all or they respond like five minutes before the interview. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. What? It's like, I'm why? In. Like, yeah, you confirm like three hours later and you're like apologizing. I was like, okay, this guy's a good guy. I like this. This is good. So thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Hey, bro. It was an absolute blast, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you later, Al. Bye. Thanks. Al Jackson. I want to thank him again for doing my show. And again, make sure to follow him on social media. 
Check out some of his stand-up clips on YouTube or watch the whole special on Amazon Prime. And uh, check out Daily Blast Live. It's a daily, go figure. In the afternoons, uh, they have some fun discussions and it's, it's actually a good way to find out what's going on in the world too. So thank you so much for listening to my show. And if you'd like to help me out, your likes, follows, and comments on social media and YouTube help out a lot. And also make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch so that you don't miss any future episodes. I've got some really great guests coming up and I'm talking to a few more. So make sure to follow me somewhere so that you can keep up. I appreciate all your help with making the show grow so more people can find it. And if you have the time, write me a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps me out immensely as well. So have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon.